Our first reading is from the 16th chapter of Deuteronomy. You shall keep the feast of booths seven days when you have gathered in the produce from your threshing floor and your wine press. You shall rejoice in your feast, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns. For seven days you shall keep the feast to the Lord your God at the place that the Lord will choose, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the works of your hands, so that you will be altogether joyful. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the feast of unleavened bread, at the feast of weeks, and at the feast of booths. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. Our second reading is from the seventh chapter of Revelation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Our third reading is from the seventh chapter of John. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, You know me, and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, 
I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You will seek me, and you will not find me? And, Where I am, you cannot come. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Revelation said something very interesting today. Revelation said something that was even a bit odd. Now I know Revelation says a lot of different things that may sound strange to our ears. But what Revelation said today is not grand like talking about dragons. What Revelation said today was not mysterious like who is the Antichrist. But Revelation said something today that should make all of us pause and ponder because frankly it doesn't make any sense. Revelation said this. These clothed in white robes have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I don't know if any of you do laundry regularly, but if you have a bucket of blood and you dip a piece of clothing in it, will it really come out sparkling white? Just imagine that. A bucket of blood and a pair of jeans, will they come out clean? A bucket of blood and a couple of towels from the bathroom, will they come out white? Even take a white shirt, a perfectly clean and pristine white shirt, dip it in a bucket of blood, and what is that pristine, clean white shirt going to look like when you pull it out? It's going to be a disgusting mess. It's going to be reddish-brown, dripping blood all over the floor. Good luck getting all those blood stains out of your jeans and towels and white shirts. Blood doesn't wash out easily. I know that there are plenty of detergents that can get blood out of clothes nowadays, but in its nature, blood doesn't come out easily. Blood stains. Blood changes whatever it touches. Blood clings to the clothes. Even if you get a little bit of blood on your hand from maybe a nosebleed or even a small cut, the blood doesn't come off too easily. It stains. You really have to scrub to get it off. And that's the whole point. Anything dipped in blood becomes different by the blood. 
Anything that touches blood has the blood cling to it. Anything dipped in blood is changed forever. It's never going to be the same because of the blood. So this mysteriously odd passage of Revelation today talks about a group of people who are wearing white robes, clean, pristine, snowy white robes. The people were wearing these pristine robes because the people were washed in the blood of the Lamb and that blood clings to them. The robes are snowy white, pure, because the people wearing them are snowy white, pure, because they were washed in blood, the blood of the lamb, and that blood has changed who they are. The robes they wear are bright as the sun of heaven, because the people wearing the robes have been covered in blood. Their sins have been covered by the blood of the Lamb. And blood doesn't come off that easily. Thank heavens, the blood of Christ does not come off of us very easily. When the Apostle John wrote Revelation 2,000 years ago, Christian baptism already had a pretty well-established way of doing things. When a person who was not a Christian yet, and they had been going through a confirmation process, at the end of it, it was time to baptize them. And what they would do is they would strip down, walk into a very small baptismal font, have water poured over their heads in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those people washed in the watery, bloody sacrifice of Jesus Christ on his cross were changed. It was poured over their heads three times in the water of baptism, but not just water, the blood of the Lamb. And when these newly baptized Christians came out of the water, they were immediately covered in a pristine clean, snowy white robe marking them as someone who has been saved by Christ, by his blood. But it wasn't the robe that made them holy. It was the blood of Christ. It wasn't the white robe that made them clean. It was the blood of Christ. It was Christ's bloody sacrifice on the cross that made them pure, that made them free. From a worldly perspective, we don't think of blood as being something that cleans. We don't wash our clothes in blood to clean them. But Christ does wash us in blood to clean us. And that blood of Christ does the trick. The blood of Christ is just what is needed to make our souls clean. The blood of Christ is just what is needed to make our guilty consciences pure. The blood of Christ is just what is needed to clean up the very broken relationship we all have with God the Father from birth. 
and the benefits of this blood we have been washed in. We are already starting to enjoy right now in the forgiveness of all of our sins. And the benefits of being washed in the blood of Christ are already celebrated at our altar when we receive that body and blood with the promise that all of our sins have really been forgiven, wiped clean, washed clean by blood. And the greatest benefit of this blood of Christ is given because wherever we have forgiveness of sins, there, in that moment, we have the promise of life and salvation. And not just right now, life and salvation forever. So that one day, we will be standing in that massive group of people wearing white robes from all languages, tribes, peoples, and nations. You saw that picture tonight in our reading from Revelation. You saw not just what we are enjoying right now because of the blood of Christ and the forgiveness of sin, but you saw what is yet to come. You saw in Revelation what will happen for all those people who allow Jesus to wash them in his sacrifice. And all of us are in this picture. All the saints. In Revelation, the Apostle John said this about all of us. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And all of this is ours. All of this is freely yours For one simple reason. We have been washed and made clean, made pure, made holy. All by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.